Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. This episode was recorded a couple days ago and I've been editing it ever since. So everything that I'm talking about is a little dated as far as predictions are concerned. I have not watched the games when I'm talking about these things. So as far as the NBA bubble and the NBA playoffs are concerned. So everything you hear, obviously, you know, whatever happened beforehand or happened yesterday, which is I'm recording this on Wednesday. um, I don't know what's going to happen. So just an FYI. So everything you're hearing is from a couple days ago because I needed to edit things a couple and just got a little bit busy. But hopefully y'all still listen to the pod and appreciate the pod for what it is. Thank you. You see, something's either happened or it's about to happen. Griselda. Unbelievable magnitude. A couple of years ago, I was in Japan wrestling and I saw a kid named Chris Benoit. And it just flew off the page. That's a horseman. I went to WCW officials. I've played a very big part in getting Chris Benoit here. And he's exceeded all of our expectations. And I told him, the first rule is, Chris, anything you want in this sport, the road doesn't rise up to meet any man. You've got to reach out there and take it. But you see, there's an unwritten rule also, a cardinal rule. It doesn't just apply to wrestling or sports. It applies to every, every, every aspect of a man's life. Number one, you take care of your family. Rule number two, you don't mess around in another man's family. Family. Welcome to the Nothing Less Podcast. My name is Alexis. I am your host. Welcome to episode four. Hopefully y'all had a great weekend. I worked all weekend, so I am tired as hell, but I'm ready to record. I'm ready to drop some gems, ready to just talk sports all this pod and i am gonna talk mainly about the nba bubble because that because that is the main attraction right now in sports everything else is barely starting up or it's irrelevant to most of my audience which would be hockey baseball golf all that bullshit we're not going to talk about that we're going to talk about the nba finals that prediction we're going to talk about who's going to be there who's going to get upset it and we're also going to talk about the NFC, no, the AFC South, and we're going to predict what's going to happen with them. Starting off the playoffs would be the Portland Trailblazers versus the Lakers. Well, I guess in my talking points, the Portland Trailblazers beat their playing game against the Grizzlies to advance to be the eighth seed, but they're playing a really good Lakers team, a really experienced Lakers team, and I think the Lakers are going to win 4-0 or 4-1 just for the fact of experience in the playoffs. Excuse me. But the I know the the Portland Trailblazers uh, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year, but I just don't think they could they'll handle the LeBron uh, experience and the Anthony Davis just talent is gonna just show out here. 
And it's going to be a pretty good matchup between him and Yusuf Nurkic. I, I'm going to be really uh, watching that one out. But I do think that the Lakers have enough defense to hold down the Trailblazers. Obviously, the NBA is it's 130 points every game, honestly. And it's kind of like sad to see because like, defense it just seems so far far and away from the league right now. But I think the Lakers are going to just be defensively sound for this series to the point where... They'll, 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 dim, they'll calm down some possessions of the Trailblazers and they'll score on theirs. So I hope I, I have the Lakers winning 4-1 or 4-0, depending on that one. We got the Rockets and the OKC, the one with the most uh, storyline into, which would be CP3 facing his old team, which would be the Rockets. James Harden trying to, I guess, cement himself as one of the best players in the league by winning... This title and they got he got to get past his former teammate. Uh, I have the Rockets winning by seven. I have them winning by seven because I think this team this is gonna be a one of those grimy grimy series. I feel like the the Thunder have enough young depth because they have a lot of young young talent to the point to hold down four out of the five uh, in the starting five for the Rockets. James Harden thirty points every every game, so I don't see anyone stopping him. But I do, I do see everyone else um, stepping up in some way, even when they get clamped up, which I'm talking about the Rockets. I feel like Covington is going to come into his own in the playoffs. I know he did pretty good for the Sixers, but I think he's going to play even better for the Rockets. P.J. Tucker plays pretty good defense, and they always have him playing the big man, and I feel he could he could hold down, what's it like, four, four different spots in that starting five. So he'll play key. But I honestly, you're talking about, these two teams are going to go at it face-to-face. Seven-game series for sure is Rockets winning in seven. You got the Denver Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz. And this one, it, I, you could honestly say it's an, you could have an upset because I feel like the Jazz are talented enough to do it against the Nuggets. But I think the key thing is where they announced that Mike Conley's going to be out of the bubble because his wife is giving birth to his child. That's something to think about because it's just guard play, you know. Who are they going to have if Spider Mitchell goes to the bench? So that's something to think about there. The Nuggets are a great team. They're talented enough. I had the Nuggets winning in six. I think they're just too talented enough to to hold down the Utah Jazz. Spider Mitchell is, I don't think, he, I think he's going to be effective, but not to the point where he controls the game. Rudy Gobert is going to be good, not great. Joker, I think he's going to be great, and he's just going to show out. And I hope Jamal Murray plays pretty consistent this this series because I feel like if he does great this series, I feel like the second round he's just going to flourish. So, yeah, the Nuggets in six. The next and final series for the first round is the Clippers versus the Mavericks. I guess you can say this one's one of the more star-studded series. Uh, Talking about a seven seed and a two seed is kind of crazy saying star-studded, but Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, for for the Mavericks, and then you had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on for the Clippers. I have the Clippers winning in five. I think the Clippers are just too talented and too much depth to that. I don't think they're gonna be pretty much hurt this this series. I don't think it's gonna be even close, honestly. Except for obviously when the Mavericks win one, but I just think Kawhi Leonard's just gonna show out in these playoffs. I think he's gonna prove a point. That he's one of those top dogs. And Paul George is going to show that he is still a top 5 to top 10 player. Consistent top 5, ten, top 10 player. 
And I know I know he hasn't been like he's honestly like a Peyton Manning in the playoffs. Like he's just trash sometimes. Like he just loses all his mojo. But I do think he's gonna do good against these Mavericks. Uh a key thing for me though is how they're gonna control Kristoff Porzingis. I feel like Kristoff has been playing it like a monster in the bubble. I think he's finally fully healthy and he's playing just straight like all star level type of thing. How are they going to control him? I feel like he's a 2020 guy, but I might be wrong. I think, but I still think they're in five games. They'll, they'll get the, the Mavericks out. To start the second round, we got the Lakers versus the Rockets. And this one's going to be a barn burner. If we like to, if y'all know what that means, it's going to be one of those intense series. And this one, honestly, is going to be seven games. James Harden, man. James Harden versus LeBron. What else do you want? Did you ever think you'd see it in the playoffs? I don't know. But LeBron James is going to just play the best ball. I think this is, this is honestly one of those series that you could see in the Western Conference Finals. I feel like it's going to get a lot of uh, TV coverage. Um, and I think it's going to be just perfect. I feel like a key player here is going to be JaVel McGee and Dwight Howard. Or players, I should say. Because I just think they could... They're going to have to rebound just awesome against this Rockets team. That for, the, for the amount of three-point shots that the Rockets shoot, they miss a pretty solid amount. So if, if Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee can have those 10 to 15 rebounds per game type of thing, I feel like the Rockets are going to be limited in in just certain possessions. Too, too quick of possessions to the point where Lakers can make those into like two to four to, to six type uh, plays or points per play. In like a minute span. They just shoot them really fast. Uh, but I do think the Rockets are going to put up a lot of points. They're pretty much to me. Uh, like the Blazers. With a little more firepower in my eyes. Because I feel like uh, James Harden is a little more efficient. And if Russell. I haven't even mentioned Russell Westbrook. If Russell Westbrook comes back from his injury. I think they should rest them maybe in the in the first round. And they bring him back for the second. I think Russell Westbrook could just play great but with that being said I do think the Lakers have good enough defenders to hold down just pretty much everyone but but James Harden I Russell Westbrook has a sporadic a shot so you shouldn't expect too much from him but you will expect him to be in the paint but that's where I think Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee could hold it down get the rebounds because obviously the Rockets don't play big they play small ball so I hope and expect the Lakers to win in seven. Excuse me. The Nuggets versus the Clippers. It's going to be a crazy game. Uh, but I honestly do think the Clippers are winning in a in a nice 4-2. I have the Clippers winning. And again, I mean, it's the, thing, the big thing. Stars. And these are not, these are consistent stars. These are Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Do I, do I think that the Nuggets stand a chance? No, not this, not this year, not this year. I think they need to make another move, or maybe just draft a little bit better. Uh, I think their young stars are they just need a little more. They, I think they need another year under their wing, and then I think the Nuggets are going to be a real issue, a real issue. I th- I think that the the Clippers are defensively sound enough to like hold down Joker and just Jamal Murray. Even though I just said Jamal Murray, if he plays good the first round, he'll flourish the second. That I think that's gonna happen where he puts up maybe twenty five, but maybe Joker gets uh, held down. 
So the Lakers in game six, in six games, I'm sorry, the Clippers in game, in six games. And then from there, we got everyone's favorite, the Clippers versus the Lakers. I have the Lakers winning in seven. I think they're going to go in here pretty much bruised up both sides, I feel. But the Clippers are going to be a little more fresher. But here's the plot twist. I still have the Lakers winning in seven for sure. I think just LeBron's going to just play out of his mind. And I think Anthony Davis is going to solidify himself as a real fucking monster. Even though he's already a monster, I think he's going to solidify it even more, engrave it into anyone's head why he was a future, uh, nominee MVP a couple years back. It's gonna, But I think the Clippers could win as well. I mean, we, we got to leave that out there. I think the Clippers could win. And I, I feel like it's going to go back and forth, back and forth, one possession games all day. But I do have the Lakers winning in seven games, all of them close games. These teams were built to play each other in the fin- in the in the conference finals. I feel like that's pretty much a a known thing. But if you didn't know, this this is what we we all wanted to see Kawhi Leonard versus LeBron James. And I think LeBron makes it to the finals. And who are the Lakers going to play? That's what we're going to find out right now. But who is going to be the dancing partner for the Lakers in the finals? The East a lot of there's a lot of good teams. I don't think there's a lot of great teams, but I feel like there's a, there's a good chance of upsets more on this side than there is on the West. Starting off the first and the eighth, which is the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Orlando Magic. I think there's gonna be a four-all sweep just because Giannis is the MVP. That team is built to just win the East every year, and the and the Magic just need a little bit more, just a couple more young talent, or even trade some young talent to get a superstar to play in Orlando. I think Milwaukee is going to just honestly stomp them through maybe 20-point wins every every game. And they will get the second-round matchup between the Pacers and the Heat. The Pacers and the Heat have history. Ty, uh, Ty was it TJ Warren versus uh, Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler says that... Um, TJ Warren said some crazy shit uh, in January, and it honestly, I mean, they, they built this rivalry that that the Heat and the Pacers had back in the day in 2011, 2012 with PG 13 and and LeBron. But I I I have the the Heat winning in six. Could now nah, I'll say seven. This team these, these teams match out pretty great. I have the Heat winning because I just think their team is just built. Like, in another year, I feel like this team is going to be a certified contender. And right now, they're one of those dark horse picks that you want them to win. And I feel like they're going to make a good run, but not make it just far enough. And I have, and I, I think Jimmy Butler is going to clamp uh, TJ Warren. I feel like Duncan Robinson and T- uh, Tyler Hero are going to just... I, I think they're going to go nuts, I'm going to be honest. I feel like they're going to go nuts and bam, Adebayo is just going to kill it. He's one of those players that is just becoming one of those. He reminds me of uh, Pascal Siakam. I feel like he's one of those players that get a little uh, overshadowed just because of like Jimmy Butler, but he he plays consistent ball and he's a walking double double in my eyes. And he, I think he's gonna be one of those key players in this one. So I have the Miami Heat winning in seven. So the Bucks in four. So I think that's the matchup. We got the Celtics versus the Sixers. I did say previously that the Celtics were playing pretty bad to the point where I thought they were playing. They were kind of a disappointment starting to bubble off, but they reeled off a couple wins, dominating and convincing wins, I might add, to the point where I 
I, I'm a backtrack on that. And they are playing the Sixers. And the Sixers have an injured Joel Embiid and no-go Ben Simmons. I think they're going to win by five, maybe four. I just think the Celtics are just too good uh, right now. Uh, I still think that their their depth and the bench is not the best to me. Uh, but I, if they're young, young talent like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, if they play good enough, I feel like this could be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep, which would be the 4-1. And the Sixers are just, they need to explode the, the whole team. I feel like one, either well, everyone's favorite uh, soap opera, which would be uh, Ben Simmons and Joel B. Who's going to leave first? And I feel like it's going to be Ben Simmons, but hey, you never know. And they just, their team is, it's missing something. It's missing some offensive firepower. Or maybe it's just that Joel Embiid's been injured and in and out. To the point where it's like you can never see him drop 30 points again. Like It feels like that to me. But I again, Boston Celtics, 4-1. Four, four we'll, we'll give the Sixers 1. The next uh, first round matchup is going to be the Raptors versus the Nets. The battle of young talent, I feel. What experienced talent as far as the Raptors are concerned. But I feel like they're young all around except for Marc Gasol maybe. But the Raptors, honestly, are too talented right now for the Nets. The Nets, one year, when they get Kyrie and Kevin Durant, maybe they'll be the second seed instead of the seventh. But I think the Nets have a great starting five, honestly. Their young, their young players have been playing awesome. Do I see them doing anything against the Raptors? A little bit, but I think the Raptors are good enough and experienced enough team to close it out in five games as well. It, it's just the the Raptors are clicking at all at all uh, far far power right now, so and they're they're just consistent. Consist- consistency between these teams are going to be key, and I do see the Raptors just killing it right now. But yeah, four one. So they play the Celtics in the second round, and we'll we'll discuss that one right now. Now we're in the second round of the East, and I feel like these are going to put up one of the best games or series in recent memory. I, I do think that the Bucks and the Heat are going to be one of those most physical games as far as recent NBA memory is concerned. I do see the Bucks beating them, but I think the Heat are going to show show how contenders they can be. Or I don't know if that's the proper term, but how, how prolific they can be in the near future. And it's just Giannis. He is just too good. He is just too lethal. Chris Middleton is a, an animal. And they have depth as well. I mean, the, the key thing in, in the NBA playoffs, I feel, is going to be just depth. And I think he, they do have a lot. They've been working with, like, some monsters. Like, I guess, like, you're talking about Chris Middleton and Giannis. But, like, then you have some pretty solid role players that are just, they know the system front and back. So, I think they'll, they'll do good. The Heat, I feel, are going to just... They're going to play their game, and it's not going to be enough. But that doesn't mean that they won't give the Bucks a run for their money. I do see that the Bucks are going to feel a little more fatigued when into the conference finals. And partly because the Heat are just physical. They, they are going to just slap you in the face. I think Bam Adebayo is going to play pretty great. Jimmy Butler is going to play pretty great. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero are going to play solid. But not enough. It's not going to be enough against the Bucks, And I think the series, I guess, for the East that's going to be uh, pretty great is going to be the Celtics versus the Raptors. 
And wow, star-studded, I feel, of just young talent. I think the Raptors are going to win. I just think Pascal Siakam is just hitting a mode that we didn't, I don't think the world was going to see it coming. Since Kawhi Leonard was there, he kind of was uh, shadowed by him. But I do think he's going to hit a mode where it's just unswitchable. I feel like he's going to just take over. You can see Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown uh, doing some work. But I do think that the the Raptors have some pretty great um, role players. And I think great. Like, I think they could play. They could be starters in any other team. That type of talent. And most some of these guys are coming off the bench. But I do see the Raptors winning in seven. It's going to be entertaining. Back and forth as well. Kind of like it was the Lakers and the Clippers. But Eastern edition. And I think the Raptors are going to just... They'll, they'll play enough... I think they do quality plays to the point where Boston is just has no no way of answering that. I think Boston could could try to hold it down defensively, but they're not going to be able to. Raptors, Bucks, and Eastern Conference Finals. Wow, one and two, and just like in the the Western Conference as well. Do I have the Bucks winning or do I have the Raptors? And I'm going to hit you with a curveball. I think the Raptors are going to win. Raptors, to me, just seem like more of a complete team or a more polished team. The Bucks, to me, are there. They're there, but they just need one more piece. Giannis can't do it by himself. Chris Middleton has to play great, and I think he'll play good, at, good not great. And the Raptors will win in seven. The Raptors are going to go in fatigued as fuck going into the NBA Finals, for my predictions are concerned. And I think, uh, but I think Pascal Siakam, to me, is going to just, he's going to be one of those players that the crowd's going to look at, and he's gonna, they're going to remember his name. I think his, 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 game, his ball, just anything he does, his ball moves and everything are going to be just stand, standing out here. So I have the Bucks losing to the Raptors in seven games. Eastern Conference Finals. My finals prediction is going to be the Lakers versus the Raptors. Being that I already set up the NBA Finals, and my prediction is the Lakers and the Raptors, I'm going to not tell you who's going to win because I want this playoff just to, like, if I get it right, I mean, uh, hopefully I do, right? But chances are I don't don't watch basketball that religiously, so I wouldn't know how right I am. But... I will be watching this series, all the series, um, and just giving you an update on my playoff bracket. And then uh, from there, we'll see what the NBA Finals is. I, I don't want to give my, my prediction of who's the winner just because I feel like, eh, that's just everyone does that. And it's going to, eh, I don't want to do it. But my predictions were here. What did y'all think? Hopefully y'all liked it. Um, if y'all have any idea or criticism for what I picked and why I picked them, you can let me know. You can message me wherever, text me wherever, and we can talk about it. And we'll even, I could even mention it on the next pod if y'all would want it. Man, the weekend was, it was pretty tiring, but I guess the key thing that I did all weekend, other than, uh, it was family-related things, but since this is a sports podcast, I, I did watch the UFC. I, I did see Stipe Miocic versus DC. For the title, it was great. It was one of those fights that were fucking 
It was a barn burner down to the wire. You didn't really know who won, but you kind of had a feeling Stipe had won. It was it was a great fight, and DC retired according to himself. But you know it's kind of like a Conor McGregor thing. You don't really believe it until you see it. Stipe going against Francis Ngannou. That's gonna be a badass match. John Jones vacating his title, maybe going up to heavyweight, waiting for the winner for that one. That's gonna make the heavyweight division even more interesting. Like fuck, if y'all want me to cover UFC, let me know. I'll I'll, I'll gladly cover it. I mean, uh. I, I know pretty much the basic fundamentals, but I'm slowly and surely watching a little bit more due to just my work. Uh, since I work at night, I get to watch everything. Uh, I get to watch the night, the pay-per-views and uh, the fight nights and all that. But if you do want to watch that, we can do that. Uh, but other than that, I mean, my Saturday, usually watch that. I try to keep an eye on the NBA. Um, yeah, I have a lot of time on my at work. <laughs> This is the part of the pod where we're going to talk about NFL divisions, and also we'll talk into NFL news. Uh, we're going to talk about the AFC East, and we're going to talk about pretty much Tom Brady's old, I mean, that was his training ground in, in ways. The guy never really lost division games there, always just had his percentage up because he would whoop these teams. We're talking about the Bills, we're talking about the Jets, we're talking about the Patriots, and we're talking about the Dolphins. We're going to start off this with the worst team in the division, which could have a higher upside in the next few years, <laughs> Excuse me, which is the New York Jets. Excuse me. They, dropped, they traded Jamal Adams to Seattle for two picks, or three picks, I'm sorry, and a player. They got Bradley McDougald, and I really like Bradley McDougald. I think he's a good, not great uh, safety. I feel like he could just, he'll, he'll be there for a while, kind of be... Uh, a veteran, and then when they get that premier uh, rookie safety, I feel like he'll be a great setup, and then they'll release him or whatever. But I feel like they have a good foundation. I feel Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. He just needs a good uh, quarterback's coach. Maybe maybe is uh, maybe they need to get rid of Adam Gase. Maybe that's the case. Um, I feel Le'Veon Bell's on a leave, but maybe they just need to get a running back. Another running back, a uh, younger back, because Le'Veon Bell does have a lot of miles in him. He's he reminds you, even though obviously not that kind of carry load, but that workload. But like a uh, Larry Johnson with the Chiefs, if y'all if y'all remember, hopefully y'all do. Or roughly, he was one of the best backs in the two, like early two thousands, late two thousands. But he his career was cut short just because he just was giving the ball crazy. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like more than 500 times in a season. Uh, but Le'Veon Bell, to me, when he was in Pittsburgh, he got the ball, which he wanted. But you saw the injuries start creeping up, and that's kind of an issue. I feel like that's kind of limiting his playing. And I feel like they maybe should get rid of him and just pick up a, a running back. You know, Wisconsin has a lot of running backs that come out every year. Why not pick one of those? Or Alabama, but... Obviously, you just got to see if they're good or not. Also, I, I think with them losing Robbie Anderson, it's kind of a, it, it, it hurts. I mean, Robbie Anderson, was an, he is an up-and-coming player. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he went to the Colts, and that's it's a big pickup for whoever did pick him up, and it's a big loss for, for the Jets. So I see them roughly going like 3-13, and somewhere around those lines, maybe even 2-14, and but it all depends. But... 
it's going to be a down year. In the next few years, though, I could see them going on to come up. For the third team, uh, I'm going to be going in order of who I think is going to be the winners and losers in this division is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, with Tua in quarterback, I feel like they're going to be better. Um, is he going to start? Chances are maybe not. I think they still have Fitzies, Ryan Fitzpatrick, so he'll he'll be there for maybe a couple weeks or maybe be a veteran and then from there work, him, work Tua in maybe week five, week seven. And then it's just the team is it. It's depleting just because maybe it's just a culture, but at the same time their coach is not that bad. Brian Flores is a he's a great coach, and I feel like he he he's gonna make that into maybe not a juggernaut team, but I feel like he has that Patriots mentality, and he's gonna just build them into a strict, strict and just firm Miami Dolphins team. As far as that, I feel like they're gonna go five and eleven. Maybe I would say you won't see them going seven and nine. I just don't think their ceiling is that high. But I I see a lot of potential in that team because they did have a thousand yard receiver, and hopefully that develops into another thousand yards. Their defense is young, but is it is it is it good enough? I don't know. I I would have to wait until I see them in the season. Then you got the second team in this division that I feel is going to be the New England Patriots with Cam Newton in the realm, Tom Brady less. But I think they're going to go 7-9, and nine, maybe 8-8 eight and eight at most. I don't think they make the playoffs. I just think they lost too many players and too many players as far as free agency is concerned and also opting out. And that's a key thing. I mean, I know you could build people out of like just coaching. You know, you can make someone into something. But I don't think they have enough just talent in general to do that. And there's Not that there's no chance, because Cam Newton is Cam Newton. He's a former MVP. I'm not going to take that away from him. But I don't think he has enough pieces around him. And the pieces he does have are just aging. And I'm talking maybe Julian Edelman or some people on the offensive line. Um, and it's just... And they lost a lot of offensive line players to the opting out. I mean, their key one of their key players is Marcus Cannon, and he's out. Dante Hightower is out, Patrick Chung is out, and those both play defense. So who's going to stop the, the teams that he's playing against? That's So that's kind of my my thing with that. 7-9 seems more realistic to me, so I'm going to go with 7-9 for the Patriots. You got the Buffalo Bills coming in first place and winning the NFC, I mean the AFC East with a 10-6, 11-5 record. Josh Allen is going to have a great year. Uh, he's going to have... Stephon Diggs to throw to, and I feel like that's going to be a big step up compared to what he had back, uh, last year. But I do think they're going to struggle in key situations. I feel they they might they still they're still young. They need another year, honestly. I feel if I mean if this year they go thirteen and three, prove me wrong. But I do see them going ten and six and eleven and five, maybe losing key games, maybe making it to the the wild card, losing there. I hopefully they they make it happen. They're building a culture in Buffalo where the young stars are proven to be just shining out right now. And Josh Allen had his previous uh, issues coming out of Wyoming, and people were kind of iffy on him, just kind of talent. Like he has the arm talent, but can he control the arm talent? And in first day, I mean the first year he was kind of meh, but the second year he showed progression, and I hope this year he will as well. With that being said, this is the AFC East. If y'all haven't, uh, 
any questions or, or just thoughts about this prediction, let me know. New Music Fridays just passed. Me, of course, because I do early part of the week. And our, I guess the leading single of all this is Drake featuring Lil Durk in a song called Laugh Now, Cry Later. It's, uh, it's looking like Drake's going to drop an album sometime this uh, year. And it's sounding good, man. I, I, I mean... This song is crazy. Lil Durk finally getting the recognition he deserves in the mainstream uh, audience. And Drake, Drake put on some, a pretty great video. I mean, that's a Nike commercial if anyone's ever seen one. And I think I think his uh, his album sounding pretty solid all around. I, I appreciate what he's been putting out. Also, talking about appreciation, is uh, I'm giving appreciation to Young Dolph. He dropped another album. Man works crazy. He was gonna retire and said, "Fuck no." Nah. He there's more. There's he need, he has more bangers in the fucking pocket. So he started throwing out a little. It, it seemed to me like a little playlist, and it's great. I mean, if y'all if y'all looking to jam that, I mean, there's key song. Hold up, hold up, hold up. One of his best. Uh, that he says it a lot. And if you're looking for features, because a lot of people like to look through features, he has the one with Megan Thee Stallion and his boy, his protege, Key Glock, and everyone's favorite uh, per, uh, artist, G Herbal. I don't know about recently with his actions, but yeah. All, other than that, what do we have? We have Nas and Hit Boy. Hit Boy and, is uh, doing a collab project with Nas, or however you want to see that. First uh, single out of that one is called Ultra Black. It was an okay song to me. I feel like Nas, uh, they could have picked a better beat. And uh, talking about Doja Cat, Doja, I, I feel Nas is higher than that. He's above all that type of bullshit. So I didn't want to hear that. But, I mean, it didn't sound bad. It, would you? Li- would I listen to it again? Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily put it on a playlist. But it's one of those songs maybe you, you should give a listen to. Nas. And Hit Boy, it's a curious sound because Hit Boy's been killing it. And the Hit Boy has been working. And Nas, I mean, other than the Kanye West album, this is kind of like the hype, the recent hype that he's been having. So check that out for sure. Davies dropped an album. It's called Karma 3. That one I, I've heard it myself. It was very good. I like the uh, Pop Can and um, the Pop Can feature. It's called Unruly. And also, I mean, if you would want to throw out another one from my boy, I'd say fuck that with Young Dolph. There's also features from uh, Benny the Butcher, Mary J. Blige, and then we're talking A Boogie, Trouble, and Trey Songs. It's a, it's a good album. Y'all should check that out for sure. Uh, Davey's finally putting out some, some fire. It's been a while, I feel. But, yeah, that, that was kind of New Music Friday for y'all. If y'all want to listen to any of those, I'm going to put some in the snippets uh, at the end. And uh, y'all let me know what y'all think. For the music portion of things where I give song suggestions, the first song I'm going to give is called Like I Want You from a up-and-coming artist that I've been following for a while. His name's Jivion. He had a feature with uh, with Drake on his Dark Demo di- uh, mixtape. And this song's fire. Hopefully y'all like it. Again, it's called Like I Want You from Jivion. <laughs>
Sometimes I wish you knew But I disguise the truth I say I'm happy but I'm still stuck on us mm -mm -mm. Does your mind play this game too? Think about me and you I guess I'll just pretend until it all makes sense mm -mm -mm -mm. See you face to face, I'm thinking about the days we used to But I can't make it seem See you face to face, I'm thinking about the days we used to be But I can't make it seem But I can't make it seem heat for mans and of course i gotta give you some hip-hop because why would i give you nothing but r&b but for me i am gonna do the cow by conway the machine and west side gun this is one of the one of the harder tracks uh jay-z loves this song uh, from what i understood but hopefully i'll love it too the cow west side gun conway It's good to let your anger out and let love in. <laughs> I think it's good to, that if you can put anger on a picture instead of smacking someone in the face. Viciously gifted when I scripted and it's strictly for my niggas. 
I might shed a tear listening to this shit. Pop a spade, cork like machine gun. We did it, damn. Who would've known? My crew would've blown. Every verse is verse of the year. Shit is proven and shown. I need a Western danger. I couldn't do it alone. Remember that fuck nigga pulled up using his chrome. Hit the back of my head and neck. I should've died, nigga. <laughs> I feel like my nigga does kept me alive, nigga. Slapping my face like, bruh, open your eyes, nigga. Shaking my head like, fuck that, you can't die, nigga. Only real shit what I provide, nigga. I wrote this shit with the tears in my eyes, nigga. Now they gotta consider me top five, nigga. You hear my signals. And my third and final song that I'm gonna play is Trippy Red and Juice World 1400. Slash 999 for each dial. The only song I really like from Juice World, truth be told, other than The Smile from With The Weeknd. But this song goes hard and I, I love it. So hopefully y'all like it too. Uh, living with people and walking with them, baby. I put that bitch in the back of the Burberry on. I put that bitch in the back with the Burberry on. Yeah. I put that bitch in the back with the Burberry on. Nike on her. 